0: Welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate. I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, I have my mom, Judy Holmes, back on the program. Welcome, Mom, Judy. Thank you, Beth. I'm ready. Locked and loaded. Yes, I am. (laughs) So last week, we talked about the Believer's Bill of Rights, based out of Deuteronomy 28, and those are the promises that God gives to us, however, it is conditional on our obedience. Absolutely. Which is called retributive theology, or it's also called deuteronomistic theology, and that's where God says, if you do X, then I will do Y. If you obey, you will have blessings, and if you disobey it will bring on a curse. Now, before we go forward and before I turn it over to you, Mom, a lot of people may say, well, I'm a New Testament believer and I am redeemed from the curse of the law. So none of that applies to me. And there's a lot of people that have a a grace-heavy mindset. then there's other people who are very legalistic and have a legalistic mindset. And so... We're going to have you share what you have prepared on Deuteronomy 28 and clear up any confusion and hopefully give us a very healthy, balanced outlook on this part of Scripture inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I also want to say this before we go forward. You may be asking yourself, now why is this part of prophetic teaching? This is absolutely foundational to understanding the prophetic, and I just want to quickly recap that the word naba, which is the word prophecy or prophesying in your King James Bible, means to be inspired of the Holy Spirit. So, prophecy, although it can mean a future prediction, is really just inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and we have talked extensively in here and how we receive that. So, this is foundational to your tomorrow, to affecting your life as a believer going forward. This is absolutely fundamental to our understanding as a believer. So, Mom, I'm just going to flip it over to you, and we're going to cover the rest of Deuteronomy chapter 28, The Curses. Thank you. Well, the first thing I want to say is Beth said that it will have
1: the affect And the effect on our daily living, because Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14, is all the blessings. And they're just, you know, easy to hear and say, yes, I've got that, I've got that. But then you get down from 15 all the way to the end of Deuteronomy 28, and that's the curses. Okay, Christ has in Galatians 3:13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law and we know that we're Abraham's seed and an heir according to the promises but this one is conditional absolutely conditional because it says if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God and if you don't follow after other gods, and you say, well, I don't follow after... We all do. All of us. And so then, because we have opened the door, pulled our umbrella down, and now the curse has the open door, the, the free will to come in and bring the curse on us. So then what we have to do is we have to get hard-nosed... Take our stand, show the enemy our, what the Word of God says, show ourselves what the Word of God says, and we have to partner up with the Holy Spirit and in faith walk in the blessings of God and turn these curses. He will come and reverse the curse. But it doesn't just fall on you, you have to do the work. Just like Jesus, Jesus was uh, hungry. he had he had uh, fasted for forty days. And what happened? The enemy comes to him and says, Prove you're the Son of God and turn these stones into bread and you can eat, you know. Immediately, I'm sure Jesus was a man in all areas, tempted as we are. Immediately, I bet every one of you saw a loaf of bread when I said, turn these stones into a loaf of bread. He hadn't eaten in 40 days. I bet he could even smell the fresh bread. Baked bread in his nostrils. But yet, he said, man must... How did he attack the enemy? He believed what God said, and he said, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so, he attacked the enemy with the word of god he believed his father that the father god would be the one that would provide food for him and so that's kind of the way we have to do we've got to get hard-nosed and we're going to walk through some of these curses you see them everywhere divorce children being taken captive by drugs uh you know a husband that would leave his wife all these things they're under the curse you've got to start believing God I literally put this into action with my own marriage we had already gone to the I had already gone to the attorney the papers were being drawn up And I went and talked to somebody who was a minister and they said, you're not going to do this. He needs you and God does not want you divorced. You know, those words were like arrows in my heart. I went to another minister. He said almost the same words. I knew it was God speaking to me, but now this minister, the second one, started speaking over me and breaking curses. He just started, and you said, "Well, how do you break curses? You use the Word of God." He said, "Have you got this in your family? Yes. Denounce it. I can. I'll go through some of them and tell you because it was a curse." The door for the curse was opened through things my family and myself had done. He said, do you have anybody that is uh, American Indian? Yes. He said, denounce it. I denounced it. Have you got anybody in your family that was a... uh, What is it, Beth? Shriner. Shriner or... Mason. Mason. I said, "My, my grandmother was the worthy grand matron. You don't get any higher than that. And he said, denounce it. I denounced it. He said, have you ever stolen anything? Yes. Denounce it. Ask God to forgive you and put that under the blood. Even if you have before, we're going to do it today. I did. We walked through all kind of things and I... I yes or no I've never done that or yes have you ever uh, here's one have you ever done a Ouija board yeah as a teenager I did have you ever been uh, hypnotized yes I had been all these things they're open doors for the enemy I am so aware of open doors from the enemy. You can ask my kids. Even if we eat at a Japanese restaurant or a Chinese restaurant, they bring out the little cookies. Uh uh-uh, uh. I don't want one. Everybody else, you know, might be unrolling them, telling their little thing. I don't touch it. Why? It's an open door. I want all my doors shut. I want to live peacefully in the land that God gave me. I want to be have joy in joy of the Lord. I want to be a standard of godliness for the people that are
0: coming up behind me. So, well, can I jump in and say sure, too, So some people may say because I've heard this before. Uh, where in the scriptures does it say? uh you know about open doors. I've even read an article in a Christian publication that was slamming the idea, no pun intended, of open <laughs> doors. And uh I do want to give us a little foundation for that. So we have covered John chapter 10, uh where Jesus is the door and that a thief and a robber comes in another way. We know that the thief and the robber is the enemy, a Satan. But there's also this other scripture in Proverbs 26 two that says the curse causeless cannot come in fact i'm going to read it out of the living translation it says like a fluttering sparrow or darting swallow so like a bird flying around an undeserved curse does uh, uh, an undeserved curse will not land on its intended victim so that is describing what we are talking about if you have a you can become deserving of a curse according to this scripture. And so we have to be the one to close the door. Yes, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law, but that doesn't take out the participation on your part to ensure that those doors are closed. You know, we use the analogy of doors. Amen. Well, I like that. He
1: cannot land on his intended victim. You know, the enemy... Just like God speaks to us every day, and he's always there, we have enemies. We have an enemy, Satan, that is always looking, looking for a way he can come in to kill, steal, and destroy. And so, we all know that Jesus came to give us life, and to give us life abundantly, okay? Satan's job is to come in to kill, steal, and destroy. And he does it when we break God's law. When we go against what God has told. And God's not saying, don't do this because I don't want you to have fun. He's saying, help yourself to happiness
0: and stay within the confines of my law. Right. Everything we've been talking about for the last few weeks really is about healthy boundaries as a believer in regards to obedience and sin.
1: Okay, so just like I just said, that my grandmother was in the Eastern Star. She achieved the highest rank that you could get, which meant my grandmother opened a door for me and my grandchildren. And so... What do I do about that? Well, number one, I have to absolutely agree with God's word that that is idolatry. They go in and they they have a service worship of an of another God. They look at it as a religion almost my grandmother did I know. So what we have to do is agree with God's word and say, forgive me, forgive my grandmother, and it stops right here. Okay, let's say that the enemy is coming against you in the area of your marriage. Everybody has this. Everybody's got divorce in their family. There's very few people that that has not tainted your family. Well, it's a curse. If you, when we read this, it is word for word, it is a curse to be divorced. And the enemy has come in to kill, steal, and destroy, whether he did it by picking the wrong person or having the person be deceived by thinking they want something else afterward. I want you to know, though, if you are somebody that is standing in the gap for your marriage you can take god's word and turn it around you can have the marriage you always wanted by trusting god it's not going to fall on you this part that we're talking about about being redeemed from the curse It's not going to fall on you just because you're a Christian. You're going to have to get hard-nosed, just like I told last week. There was a group of people that, even though they had the Emancipation Proclamation that they were free, equal, had all the inalienable rights of anybody else, they did not get to walk in them. Even at at my age, I saw it firsthand.
0: That they were treated like second-class citizens. Right, because legally they had uh, all of the rights afforded to them. But they had an enemy who was blockading their rights. It's a beautiful picture of this. Same thing of the enemy. Same kind of thing of the enemy. The enemy's a cheat. He is. And he will manipulate and lie and look for loopholes. There are no loopholes. But he'll look for them and try to exploit the situation, and have you believing that you are to be oppressed. That's right. That you, They'll make you think,
1: well, this is just my lot in life. No, you have to get hard-nosed and say, I will not tolerate this anymore. I'm going to be the uh, marriage that the Bible gave me. I'm going to be the Christian God called me to be. My children... Are going to be the people God called them to be and if you've let your kids go to places do things have things that were from the enemy shame on you but it's never too late get in there ask God to forgive you start speaking life over them and start praying and knowing that God is for you and for them. Hebrews 7.25, my favorite salvation scripture. He is now therefore able to save them to the uttermost, seeing that Jesus constantly maketh intercession for them. So not only do you have you praying for them and maybe a prayer people at church, Jesus who never fails, is praying for them constantly. So what happens when your faith lines up with the Word of God and the prayers of Jesus, yourself, and others are there, as long as you keep that faith up, there's nothing the enemy can do.
0: Well, I want to jump in and say something too. You mentioned in here that the, the, the African American people, uh, before mm-hmm. the Civil Rights Movement, had tolerated, uh, uh, for various reasons, uh, not having access to everything they were entitled, rightly right. entitled to. I heard a quote this week about the dec- the slow decay. Of tolerance, tolerance can be very deceptive, and to me, that's a picture of cracking that door open. Right. And so you have to absolutely close doors. You know, you can't uh, tell. I'll give this as an example that is very easy to understand. But oftentimes, the enemy is so subtle at first; it's not always in your face. Uh, What you know, some people may say, "Well, I've heard people say this that uh, I allow my teens." to have a little sip of alcohol in my presence because I don't want them to to drink away from home. Well that is not very wise and that's an example of the slow decay of tolerance that uh, it can be so subtle and so deceptive and it's a very slippery slope.
1: It really is and not only that we're talking about alcohol here Why do you think they call it a spirit store?
0: Yeah, they call it wine and spirits or liquor
1: and spirits. Yeah, and
0: it's because there
1: are spirits attached to alcohol. And so when you are doing that, you're just saying, here, child, have a spirit. And you don't know, when you open that door, you don't know where all that's going to lead.
0: Right, and, and we're not here to debate uh, no, alcohol. if alcohol is sin or not. The Bible only says do not be drunk with wine, but it also says abstain from the appearance of evil, and it also talks about generational curses. And so you're going to have to get with the Lord for yourself, but we're using this as an example because to me it's a pretty easy example to see. But oftentimes it can be other things that are way more subtle. right? Uh, and so uh, this is just an easy example. So... I can
1: remember when I was a new believer, a new born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit believer, and I heard Deuteronomy 28 about being redeemed from the curse of the law. See, if it's a curse, we can be we can be redeemed from it. Don't be afraid of the curses. Get in there and work with God. God's bigger. He's so much bigger, and. Uh, so I can remember the time that I heard this I looked around at my life and my marriage and it was a mess I'm telling you it was a big old mess every week every which way financially uh, marriage kids everything it was we were headed down the wrong road even though I was a Christian even though I loved God and believed him and just I thought I was doing everything, but I want you to know I had to get hard-nosed. I had to take my family for the kingdom of God, and I believe I did it. I believe I was uh, victorious in every year financially. We heard teaching on how that you can be debt-free, and my husband and I, even though he wasn't really that big on all of it, I played those tapes to him, and we both decided to cut our credit cards up and to get out of debt, and we did it. We did it, and here we've done it again. So I want you to know that you can do these things. You don't have to be afraid. So what I want to do now is I want to jump in and... uh, Read some of the first scriptures of it. It's in fourteen. Gal- I mean, yeah, Galatians three, fourteen. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. It is written, Cursed is everyone who hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, us. Through Christ Jesus, so that by how? Faith. Right. We might receive the promises of the Spirit. It's going to be by faith, baby. You're going to have to believe God. It is one of the hardest things you will ever do to believe God in the face of the natural looking the opposite way. But that's the way God has called it. Just like Abraham struck out and didn't even know where he was going. Just like Moses struck out, didn't know where he was going. But God had a plan. And I want you to know, if you will quit looking at the natural, if you will quit complaining about the natural, and if you will get in line with God's Word, this has nothing to do with the uh, commandments. This has everything to do with your thought process, your faith, and your stance in God. So, let's go over to Deuteronomy 28. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right hand or to the left, or go after other gods to serve them. Okay, whatever you entertain will entertain you and what you do in moderation your children will do in excess just bear that in mind that's just a little freebie right there it will come to pass, now this is when you're not doing what God wants you to do, but we know we are, so we're redeemed from this. You can put a spin to this to be on the positive instead of the negative, but it shall come to pass. If you will not hear hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to obey his commandments, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. That is why there are people over in foreign countries that are starving. They are going after other gods. They're living a curse. And if God went in there and miraculously fed all those people, who do you think would get the glory for it? Oh, my cow God over here, he is the one that brought all this food and fed us and helped us. God wouldn't get the glory. He's not going to share his glory with anybody. And isn't it funny that a lot of these religions, it's a cow, just like the children of Israel when they built the golden calf. And they said, oh, this is who brought us out of Egypt. This is who is taking care of us. And there was a curse on that then. Thousands, thousands upon thousands died that day because of the curse. So what I'm telling you is that some of these people are cursed and they need to turn to the true God. Okay, in verse sixteen, cursed shall thou be in the city, and cursed thou shall be in the field. When you're in the city, you're going out shopping, and you know these people say, "Well, I'm a dollar a day late and a dollar short." No, that's not. That's the curse. I'm not in the curse. When I'm going out, I'm going to get everything. My father's the original Jew, and he is going to give me the best deals for the best price. Let me interject here. One time I wanted uh, this nightgown, and it was at J.C. Penney's. And I went to this J.C. Penny store, and I looked at this nightgown. I had the money to buy it. The Holy Spirit said, don't buy that. And I said, oh oh okay so i put it back lo and behold that night my husband, when he came home from work he said ride with me let's all go over to uh the mall another mall not this one he said i want to uh i've got to look for a certain part tool and jc pennies they were the ones that sold the tools so we went there And he was upstairs in the tool department. I went back over to the women's department, and there was that nightgown there also, half price. And I said, okay, Lord, can I buy it now? And the Lord said, buy it.
0: Well, let me interject here. Just Someone may say, okay, that's weird. That sounds crazy to me. You had been in a time period in your life where you were... In such a state of obedience to the Lord and trying to understand these principles that you were praying about every single, single thing. small decision. And that it, and the Lord began to speak to you inside your heart and tell you and help you make every tiny little decision. Now, did you have to stay there forever? No, but that was a season in your life where you really learned how to hear from the Lord and how to seek His direction in your life. And I would encourage you as a listener to put that into practice. It may not be forever. Of course, some of that goes on forever. Yes. But but there are times in your life of intense, really just drawing close to the Lord, where you may need to seek the Lord for every tiny decision you make. And I'm telling you, if you will, if you'll pray about every decision in your life, The Lord will answer you, He will guide you, and it will bring a blessing. Yes,
1: yes, I wouldn't take anything for those days, especially because I was so in tune with God as far as I had muffed it up so bad, I wanted God's way only. And so I was with fear and trembling I walked because I so didn't want to disappoint the Lord.
0: Right. I so wanted His approval. And you were trying to be uh, very obedient with your finances during this time, so you were praying about everything you spent money on. Uh,
1: Yes, because I didn't have much money, and I wanted it to go and uh, only buy the things the Lord wanted me to buy. And so, uh, moving on, it says that uh in 17 curse shall thou be thy basket and thy store well you know your basket is now what we would ca- consider our purse you put things in it and you carry it around and so i want you to know my purse is blessed i speak to my purse and i say I'm remembering your word, God. Your your word tells me, Lord, to put you in remembrance of your word. And so I just tell the Lord, Lord, I need more money. I need I need to get this this and this accomplished. Uh, one day I had this horrible looking pile of stuff that my husband would cut trees down and pile them up uh, leaves just every kind of gross thing and it become like a 10 foot pile or more than that it was big and one day I just hated it because people drive up in the driveway it's the first thing they see and so one day I looked at it and I said I curse you mountain in Jesus name well A few weeks later i went off and came back home and the mountain was gone i said well where's all that stuff and my husband said huh i just started burning it and cutting it cutting it up and it's gone that's god Did I run to him and put all the pressure on him? I'm going to put something right here, a pen right here, because I want to share something, especially with women. God made Adam and Eve, and he put them in a garden of perfection. They were not equipped to handle pressure. They didn't have pressure. They walked with God. They talked with Him. They had everything they needed. Man and woman, we are not equipped to handle pressure, stress, agitation. And so God has taught me, don't put that stress on my husband. Put it on God. He can handle it. He can deliver My husband can't always deliver. And I have found when I really get in faith and I really put that pressure on God and say, God, this is a big order, but I, I really need XXX. All of a sudden, my husband's doing it. Whether it's wallpapering a room or moving a mountain, and that's what I said to that big mountain. I said, "Mountain, I cast you
0: out, and I tell you, move, get out of here." Well, let me jump into here and and just say what I think some people might be thinking. Well, that's ridiculous to pray about you know yard debris. No, no, no. Uh-uh. If you if you learn. In the little things, how to trust God, Mm -hmm. then you'll be prepared in how to trust God with the big things. It is the everyday practical. This is called the practical prophetic. You've got to learn to put your faith in action with little bitty practical everyday things and it's a principle. That's been, it reminds me, uh, to, to be a little funny, it reminds me of the karate kid. You know, Mr. Miyagi was teaching Daniel, paint the fence side to side. He didn't know he was learning a karate. He thought he was doing all these trivial tasks. Right. But there was purpose in it. So Absolutely. if you will learn to get with God on these little things, maybe it's an, a genuine need you have right now in your life for your daily living maybe you need something for your house or you know a piece of furniture or your car needs tires or you know whatever go to god with that learn how to walk in faith learn how to speak life and trust the lord with these kind of things because one day you may be faced with a major problem right and you'll have all that practical uh, experience that you can put to work. And I, I was going to jump in. Rep- it's like the bear. Right. It's like David said, I fought
1: the lion. I fought the bear. Right. I know I can take this uncircumcised heathen, because he had done the little things when he was out in the wilderness tending the sheep. And so that's what you're doing. Actually, you're including God in everyday mundane things because the word says, God is concerned about everything that concerneth thee. So he does care about every little thing. That's right. Okay, so going on, cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Okay. We know that our basket is blessed, our purse, and thy store. That's your cabinets and your husband has maybe a garage or whatever. It's anywhere you store things. So you could say my purse and my storage Leave the You know, fill in the blanks. They're all blessed. Curse shall be... Okay, here we go. Curse shall be the fruit of thy body. I'm going to stop right there. Before I got turned on to the Word of God, my family went to Panama City Beach, and I had one of those little shirts made for my youngest daughter. And it says little devil i had i I had my little precious blessed girl with a shirt that said little devil you know i've been to the beach and you know whatever anyway but when i heard when i heard about this that the my fruit is blessed my children the fruit of my body they are blessed children are a heritage of the lord and it's not, I had to ask God to forgive me for that, for one thing. <laughs> and it's not just, oh, come on, it's just a shirt. No, the enemy is smiling and he's saying, you just opened a door for me. Why right. it's that slow decay of tolerance. It's, it's, it's that, that slow that decay, tiny, of, yes. that tiny crack in the door. And so when I got hold of this... I want you to know I knew what I had done. And I would grab hold of that child and I called her a blessing so much that she thought her name was Blessing. People would say, what's your name, little girl, Blessing? And because I wanted to reverse the curse come on i wanted to take god's word and put it over her and not let go for anything in this world and so, and you know what she's been nothing but a blessing that child has never ever her teenage years everything all she was about was god she was called the nun at at school and you can take that any way you want. But she was called the nun. And she was nothing but a blessing all the days of her life. You know, I, I, have, I have a friend. She got a hold of the Word of God. Her husband got saved. And uh, she wanted me to come in and bless her house. We went through her son's room. He had one wall of nothing but beer cans they made a backdrop for a wall and i looked at her and i said you allow this in your house she said well i can't do anything about it it's that tolerant stuff it's that tolerant stuff i said buddy i could i'd get me garbage bags and i'd come in here and i would I would take all that down, and I would put up scriptures about dr- not drinking. <laughs> well, at least take it down. At least take it down and tell them, you better not bring a one in my house. It's that slow decay of tolerance. We've got to get hard-nosed and let something, I say the Bible, be the one that dictates your family you don't dictate it the Word of God does and God is duty-bound to stand behind you and to help you so let me let me go on because in 20 the Lord will send upon thee cursing vexation and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do for until you be destroyed And until you perish quickly, because of the wickedness of your doings, whereby thou hast forsaken God. Okay, so what this is saying, the Lord will send upon thee cursing and vexation. Do you know that it's a curse to be depressed? Oh my gosh. I can't help it. I'm just depressed. Yes, you can. The Bible tells us let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let not. God would tell not tell you let not if you could, if you couldn't do it. You have to have God's word. In Proverbs, I'm looking it up right 25, now.
0: 1225 12, 12, 12, 25, It says, "Can you read it, Beth?" It says, "Anxiety in the heart causes depression, but a good word makes it glad." Anxiety
1: in the heart causes depression. We know now where it came from. Anxiety let not your heart be anxious cast all your cares upon him yes casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you let not your heart be anxious neither let it be afraid god says his word will make your heart glad what happens we hear something or feel something the devil Absolutely moves by feelings. I'm going to close with this. The word carnal Christian or carnal, the word carnal means, what's it mean, Beth? You know, emotion ruled. Emotion ruled we are not to be emotion ruled we are to be word ruled
0: yes we are to live by romans 8 in the spirit the antidote for depression then is to first of all cast your cares on the lord and second of all speak his word yes read it and speak it that's right and that's a closed door you close a door on that curse of depression, I you know I I could just see
1: the devil. You know he's opened up a door in your mind. You think that's your thoughts? It's not your thoughts most of the time. It's the enemy projecting those thoughts on you, and you're going. I'm depressed. Woe is me. They don't love me. They're not treating me the way I think. I'm. You know what? You're not. You haven't been hung on the cross yet. So, get over it. Quit being so self centered. Be Christ centered. Christ in you, the hope of glory, not what you feel. Don't be a carnal Christian, emotion ruled. Be a word person that is Christ ruled. Let Him rule and reign in you, and be excited for what God can do in you and through you for others and yourself.
0: Right. And so the importance of this in the prophetic, I do want to talk about this for just a minute. As we were preparing, I was listening to a message by Derek Prince. And he talked about that he was doing a a service and that there was a family and the Lord spoke to him. He said that's just the only way he can explain it. The Lord spoke to him and said that family Has a curse on them that needs to be broken. So he said he just simply prayed,
1: a Mm -hmm. simple
0: prayer, that the curse would be broken off of them. He felt like they had freedom. Uh, As he began to walk away, he turned and noticed that the daughter, it was a, a mother, father, and a daughter, he had noticed the daughter had a cast on. And so he turned around and asked the father, he said, can I pray healing for your daughter, for her leg? And he said, well, yeah, yeah, I'd appreciate that. He said, she has broken her leg three times in the last year, and the doctor said this time he didn't think it would heal properly. Well, Derek Prince says he prayed for her leg on top of the cast. The father later wrote her back that she had an x-ray done and that she was completely healed. And he said he learned through that, God taught him that the curse had to be broken first in order for her to get her healing. And so maybe for next week, uh, if we're able to continue this series, to jump back to this, can be cru- this mindset, this idea, this revelation can be crucial to your breakthrough. To your breakthrough. And so uh, the curse can block, I believe, uh, our breakthrough, our ability to, to have healing, our ability to hear from God, yes. different things like this, and so these are these are very fundamental prophetic very. ideals for your life that you really must have a a grasp of. The blessings and curses are fundamental; they, they're, they're basic, right. right? They're very basic, and it hits everyday life:
1: divorce, children being on drugs, being taken captive by drugs. God shows us how we can reverse that curse and turn it around. That's right. Or we can believe that blessing and your children never get involved in it. That's where I, I was like, I absolutely trust God that my children will never be on drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, and my daughters won't get pregnant. Now, I'm not casting shadow on anybody who has i'm just telling you what i believe and god brought it to pass i had somebody in my family whose daughter had gotten pregnant multiple times without being married and she says well you know one of your daughters could get pregnant and i knew that's the voice of the enemy taunting me and i looked at her and i said no ma'am See, this is where you have to rise up and use God's Word. I said, no, ma'am, not because of me as a mother and not because of my kids so great. But I want you to know God's Word says my child will not be taken captive. My child will not be under that curse. No,
0: ma'am. And so, of course, I lived it out. With all my kids. Right. And so the secret ingredient here that we want to communicate to you today is that you have to uh, read God's Word, believe it, stand on it, and then apply it in faith. It's that simple. Yes. And it's got prophetic power in yes. your life. Yes. Amen. Let me jo-
1: I don't know why, but I just feel very uh, moved to speak this. You can't stand in the gap for your child against homosexuality against the occult and things like that and then go watch it on a movie you can't there are certain things i will not bring into my house and entertain let it entertain me i just will not and homosexuality is one of them because i i believe that is a curse and it, you know, bless their heart, I love the people, but it is not happy for them to have that life most of the time. And I refuse to let one of my kids be under that curse. And so I'm not going to watch a TV show about about that. Or
0: celebrating that lifestyle. Or celebrate that lifestyle. Right. So that's that's another one of those. I'm not going to partner with Right. You. That's where someone has cracked that door open and we cannot afford to do that. So uh, we're going to uh, stop right here for today, for this week, but we're going to come back next Amen. week and pick up where we left off. Have a blessed week. Amen. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll be informed next time I post. Thank you again and have a blessed day.